Hey, welcome back to These Are Bad Movies. I'm Amy Bell. And I'm Amanda Ferriante. <laughs> We're glad you could join us. So I'm actually really excited about this movie and no one else might be. And that's okay because it's just a personal uh, little guilty pleasure of mine that I do adore so very much. I wouldn't put it on the same level, but I will give you a pass because I brought Ella Enchanted. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this does have Christopher Walken. We do get to c- talk Christopher Walken, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. And so the movie is called Excess Baggage. It's from sometime in the late 90s. I'll look that up, I swear. Uh, I know that I saw it in theaters probably seven times or something ridiculous like that. Wow. I just like kept going back to see this movie. I loved it so very, very much. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. Like, I really liked this movie. And I might not have seen it since seeing it seven times in the theater. <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved it for a little while and then I let it go. <laughs> well, in the 90s, I think, you know, media could have been harder to come by. No. No, I, I could have bought that okay. or rented it or done... Any number of things. Uh, honestly, I think it was easier to get a hold of movies in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s than it is now. Uh, it's certainly more convenient to turn on a uh, to turn on a streaming service and just like find a movie. But as far as like digging up a specific movie, uh, there were video stores that just you weren't ever like they had everything. It was just you you could find anything. Well, and see, in in the 2000s, 2010s, my family was having issues finding two particular movies. First, of course, being Josie and the Pussycats, the family edition. The family edit, yeah. <laughs> and then the second being a copy of Rocket Man that wasn't in, like, European formatting or something, so we could actually play it. Okay. And, uh, you know, so those have colored my perspective of, of how easy things were to well, get a hold and of. It's possible that uh, here locally we just had really killer uh, video store. Because, I mean, we're not talking Blockbuster. We're talking like there was only one branch. It had everything. It was like full service. It had the adult section. Mm-hmm. It had B-movies. It had horror movies. I mean, it was just you could get anything there. And it was wonderful. So no, I don't think that I ever had an access problem to anything. I mean, we saw such ex- obscure movies that like uh, some of them we we can't find copies of today. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, Meet the Feebles. I have heard of this one. Yeah, it was one of Peter Jackson's early works before The Lord of the Rings, and it's a particularly filthy, offensive Muppet show. With, like, um, drugs and prostitution and uh, so, murder, so, so mayhem. The, uh, the thing with the woman. The thing with the woman. Yeah, there was a movie a couple years back. You know, live action. Everybody's Muppets except for the lead actress and some other stand-in humans. But it's a, it's, it was, like, a crass private dick. This went beyond crass. This was uh, really 
really bad. The other one had like uh, in the red trailer, like a scene of just like so much Muppet ejaculate. Yeah, that's maybe a little bit more along the lines of of what this was mm-hmm. then. Uh, but one of these days, we'll dig that one up. Um, <laughs> but it's not something that you're going to be able to stream. Yeah. Peter Jackson's probably made really certain of that. But with the video stores, they couldn't stop you. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so true, bestie. So, um, no, I don't know why I haven't watched this movie in like 20 years, but I'm excited to today. And I love Christopher Walken and this is going to be fun. And I've become somewhat of a connoisseur of just like, what? Movies. So, <laughs> this may be pleasing. Okay. All right. Let's watch it. All right, we're back. We are. And we watched it. We did. Yes. It was... Did you like it? it, I could see the appeal. Okay, which is a no, but... (laughs) At a different point in my life, maybe. Okay. Okay. But as it stands today, there were some offenses that I just couldn't abide. (laughs) Okay. Um, But, like... I can I can see the appeal, like maybe earlier in my teens. Okay, if I'd seen it then. Yeah, yeah. Well, which you know, which is right around when you saw it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I could see it, but as it stands, it 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 wasn't quite hitting the spot. Okay, so shall we do the plot? Yes. Do you want to do the plot, Lord of the Plot, or do you want me to? Well. If I do the plot, it will not be using any of the characters' names. I don't remember any of the characters' names either. So, <laughs> so it sounds like we should fist fight to see who can get to do this. No. I, yeah, I can. I can do the the quick and dirty plot. Okay. Okay. So the main character is M, played by Alicia Silverstone, uh-huh. of Clueless from Clueless. Yeah. For those of you who remember, and. She is a rich girl. Her dad is some kind of big business guy who's not afraid of getting his hands dirty to make the money. And her uncle, as you find out later, is some kind of like... Fixer. He's a fixer. He's a fixer. So it might not even really be above the board business at all. No. It just doesn't seem like it's all below board business. Yeah. Because he was able to work with police. Right. To try to... Uh, get her back from a kidnapping. It's it's a it's a it's a uh, ransom. Uh-huh. She's being held ransom. Well, in the very beginning of the movie, it's very clear she is holding herself ransom for Daddy's attention. <laughs> it is all a ploy. Um, so she's using a voice changer to make it sound like this other person holding her ransom, and she duct tapes herself and puts herself in the trunk of her car, and then comes along Benicio del Toro's character. Who we show Vincent. Call- Vincent, yes. Vincent. His name is Vincent. His name is Vincent. Vincent. And it, she just drives a nice car. And he is carjacks a, it. Is a <laughs> professional car thief. Like he has a warehouse full of stolen cars. Yes. So takes the car back to the warehouse, is checking it out, going through the purse, sees her driver's license, is like, okay, this is the owner, whatever. Opens the trunk, 
and there is a duct-taped woman <laughs> in the trunk. Closes the trunk real fast. Does a really funny double take in the process. It's like a triple take. Yeah. Like he opens and closes the trunk a couple times. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then closes the trunk again and goes and finds a payphone <laughs> to call his co-worker, his co- Conspirator? Yeah. Sure. Partner. Partner in crime. Partner in crime. There's a word. <laughs> Who is Harry Connick Jr. This this is a very movie for a movie. Yeah, it There's is. a whole lot of movie going on in this movie. There's a lot of movie in this movie. <laughs> and Harry Connick Jr. is like, this is a situation. It's a very, it's very comedic. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a comedy is what it is. Yeah. It kind of a caper. It's a caper comedy. Yeah. But it, it. Romance. It is trying to be funny on purpose. Yes. Yeah. It's not incidental humor. Um, and, you know, eventually it is decided that Benicio, Vincent is going to take M out of the city and drop her off somewhere <laughs> just to wash their hands of it. And um, first he tries to put her in the trunk of the car. She won't go. She ends up sitting in the passenger seat because she's very willful. And she's going to have her way. And she's smoking a cigarette. And he's like, don't smoke in the car. And she flings it. And it lands in some oily rags. And while they're on the road, the warehouse goes up in flames. <laughs> Yes. So they're driving and then there's some other people who are part of the criminal enterprise who are like probably a little higher up on the mm-hmm. on the rung too because mm-hmm. they are the ones who have the power to cause some problems. Yeah, and there's some money involved like payment for the car before the car has actually made it to the 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 last point of service, point of sale on the stolen car business. And the warehouse is in flames, so the criminal organization is going, where the heck is Vincent? Unbeknownst to Vincent. And the police and SWAT are trying to figure out who has is holding M hostage, because she is now being held hostage, in addition to fake holding herself hostage. <laughs> and then <laughs> fix her uncle... And then fix her uncle, who is played Walken. with red hair... Oh, yeah, he looks so young in this movie, doesn't he? He's got a, a hair dye job. Yeah. <laughs> Red. Uh, but, you know, still classic walking, walking around. And he gets involved, and he sort of understands that the girl who framed the newspaper story of her lighting her boarding school's library on fire might <laughs> be getting into some trouble instead of being in trouble if that makes sense yes so (laughs) there's so many angles yes throughout like it's very angle heavy movie yes um but the long and short of it is they work it out so that uncle m and vincent are in the clear and she's gonna own up to her crimes and be responsible and whatnot and she and Vincent have an unlikely romance. And she's like 18 and Vincent is not 18. No. And there's dynamics at play. Um, but it, it's a comedy, crime, love story, caper, shenanigans. With m- some mafia type of stuff going on. Movie. Yeah. It's real fun. And it, it's very 90s. It is so 90s. It is very 90s. Yeah. 
Uh, so this was her- Alicia Silverstone. It is about as '90s as '90s gets. Yes, and this was yeah. this was her first like production credit for her production studio. Oh, really? And she was up for a Razzie <laughs> for Aww. her for her role, but didn't win. Aww. Lost it to the lady who starred in G.I. Jane. Okay, well that's fair. <laughs> and then just a just an odd like I guess Benicio del Toro and Christopher Walken had been in some movies together and people were really side-eyeing the romance plot even in the 90s. <laughs> like, I don't know about that one, folks. Yeah, it's very weird in addition to be like it was bandits-esque without being full bandits. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the romance in bandits is so off the rails like you're not even bothered by the questionable dynamics. Yeah. You're just like this lady's going for it. Yeah. But the one thing I will say for the romantic plot in this movie cuz I'm usually like usually when I see a movie with romance for cishet people I'm like really they're do- they're doing this I'm paying to see this this is so lackluster and uninspired however however it wasn't a boring romance not even that yeah like it's not th- not the thrills or whatever like I can get down for these two people are insane right right but if they're insane and committed I'm on board. Right. Right. And so in this instance, they're, they, you know, they've been criming and running from crime and doing additional crime and figuring out, oh, no, I did more crime than I thought. <laughs> and, and, and they're kidding. <laughs> I just want the right amount of crime. Not too little, not too much. Yes. Like there's, there's points. Goldilocks crime zone. Like M doesn't even realize how much crime she's committed before getting, hooking her wagon to Vincent's. <laughs> like her uncle, the fixer is like, You've done more crime than you maybe signed on for. <laughs> um, but when when they're getting soused and hanging out in the, the hotel room and like talking about their dreams and stuff. And she's like, what do you want in life? And he's like, I want to run karaoke bars in Brazil. <laughs> like it had the bandits flavor to yes, a degree. Yes. Um, and she's like, well, what are you doing? You can do that now, you idiot. <laughs> and he's like, well, after this is all over, you can come to Brazil with me if you'd like. Like, I like the the romantic idea of maybe you do fit well together. Maybe you don't. Maybe you've got issues that you should work out on your own. But the I'm hitching my horse to that wagon ride or die kind of like i whether or not it's a good idea i do like that portrayal and romance yeah i also like how they had this weird like they were running they were running from a moral code and they were really committed to it like, like they were not willing to compromise their morals. It's just hard to exactly tell what they base that moral code on. Well, and and like compromise which morals, how much? Because at one point when they're getting soused, talking about Brazil and such, Benicio is like, I know 
that stealing cars is wrong. He says that. <laughs> um, but he's also stealing nice cars. <laughs> yeah. It's not stealing your mom's minivan. Yeah. So that that's kind of what I... White knight criminal. Exactly. And, and kind of what I wanted to talk about in this is like the the glamorization of the American criminal in the American crime story and kind of how like as a teenager Benicio del Toro in excess baggage was like peak hotness to me he was a, he was a bad boy who yeah, was who was trying charming. real hard yeah. not to do wrong stuff because at one point you know calling in as hostage M gets her dad on the phone and is like this guy has me and he made, made me, me touch, touch him and Benicio's like every time it comes up he's like I did not do what she said I did yeah <laughs> yeah he's like like I would never touch somebody who didn't want it he, like he's, he's very- gearing up to turn himself into the police to take the lower rap for the stuff he has done and try to avoid the higher sentence for the stuff she's saying he's doing. Yeah. He's like, this is going so wrong. I need to go to the police for my safety. Yeah, yeah. And that that was one of the things that I thought was really interesting, that they really did uh, play up the concept of consent more than uh, the 90s typically did. Yeah, because there is the age gap, mm-hmm. very clearly. Yep. However, for... Th- the before the romance element comes into it she is running the show as the hostage right so it like it's not clear cut yes yes there's more wiggle room in this than a lot of movies yes where there's an age gap in the romance yes yes she doesn't even really have stockholm syndrome no <laughs> it's almost like they both get it because neither one of them are quite sure who has who they've known they've known each captivity. other for 20 minutes i know it's really just the personalities there's no stockholm syndrome about it yeah <laughs> like she browbeats him into drop into paying for her hotel room instead of leaving her on the side of a highway yeah as the hostage yes there's a dynamic. It was very. It's a very cute dynamic. Yes, it really is. Which is why I said at the beginning, I can see the appeal. Uh huh. I'm just not seeing at the it, at the right point in my life. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. And you know, uh, the uh, the added bonus of just everything Christopher Walken touches seems to be fun. There's just something about hearing him speak. Yes. Yes. And this is like this is before, you know, he's gotten a bit older and and stuff. Like he was in this 90s movie which did not recoup its cost. <laughs> and has a very low score and on Rotten Tomatoes. And that wasn't my fault. Let me tell no, you because I went to that movie so many no. times in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Um but what I'm saying is like this is I I don't know th- how his career path played out. But it has to have been before he was in the public consciousness as Christopher Walken today. Like, like he's he did not reach that level yet. Is the impression I've gotten? Like he he was Christopher Walken, but he wasn't esteemed oh, today. I don't know. I mean, this is me going out on a limb. Yeah, I I feel like 
oh, Christopher Walken's in it would have been something people would have said in 1997. Yeah, but would it have meant as much then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he wasn't the lead. I mean, I had a friend at the time who who, who was adopted who always just made up stories about how her dad was actually Christopher Walken. I mean, like, that okay. was the okay. choice uh, imaginary parent for the adopted friend. Okay. I, d- I don't know. I-, I was, like, a year old. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, the idea of, like, the glorified criminal, right? Mm-hmm. And at one point, they refer to them as you two would make a great Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. Right? So it really was trying to evoke the classic tale of the folk hero criminal which which i like you're you're talking about the folk hero criminal in american culture which the first thing that comes to my mind is justification for that is so half of my family sicilian right the other half uh more established in America, mutt kind of lineage, but also wacko criminals. <laughs> right, right. Like one of my cousins is named after our horse thief ancestor who got hung, which is old timey carjacker. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he's named after that dude. Right. So, <laughs> like. Right. There is just a real uh, love. Of the criminal mm-hmm. in America to a point. It's a really complicated dance. This, it is. This love affair with crime. Well, and, and if anyone... And it's not a love affair with crime. It's a love affair with the criminal. Yes. Right? Yeah, and, and a certain type and a certain type of crime. And there has to be, like, the per- the cult of personality kind of yeah. deal. Like, other examples of, of this would be, like, the Oceans movie. Uh-huh. Or... um. Even National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they had a good reason and stuff like that. Yeah. But a lot of the cri- the, the crime movies that, that we enjoy, and I mean, honestly, even stuff like... Um, uh, Diamond. American. like Bank heist movies yeah. are super... Yeah. Like, that's practically its own genre. Yeah. It's bank heist movies. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and a lot of westerns, like a lot of westerns, the entire genre of westerns, you get a lot of that, mm-hmm. and old timey country music, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a shot of man in Reno, even even <laughs> even present day timey music, like uh, present day timey, I, uh, <laughs> timey time time, like that 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 one with uh, before he cheats, oh yeah, property damage, baby, like. Mm-hmm. Like street and, law, <laughs> and Earl has to die. I don't know that. That's one. the Dixie Chicks. It's where they murder the girls. Oh, husband. I have seen that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I showed yeah, you yeah. the music video the other okay, day. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on a we, like, were, we were on a crime and spree yeah. on music videos. But, but taking p- taking justice, taking the law, yeah. into your own hands. And like when we talk about this stuff, you and I are even excited about this character. We enjoy this. Well, right? yeah, like it's like on a person to person. Like this is sort of what it was. In our I heard you per purge, we all heard for purge purge episode. <laughs> it's a wonder I was able to say that without dying. Which episode was that again? The one about the purge. <laughs> where I was, you know, I, I did uh, public defense, uh, criminal law. And one of the things I started taking to saying around the office was just like, you know, a lot of my work 
load would be cut down if we just had the perch. Because if you had a problem with someone, you took care of it mano y mano. <laughs> and mm -hmm. if you weren't willing <laughs> to get yours, it was just done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's sort of that kind of thing. Yeah. Except jewel heists or carjacking or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> This movie in particular, I, I think, is a really good one to look at the questions of what kind of criming is it that we put on a pedestal mm -hmm. and what kind is it that we find unacceptable? Uh, because in this movie, it seemed pretty clear that every character was a criminal. Oh, yeah. And you had varying degrees of um, empathy, respect um dislike distrust mm -hmm. fear um there were bad guys mm -hmm. and good guys well and but they didn't necessarily stay they, it was kind of fluid mm -hmm. like at one point they were running away from the uncle and the dad was a bad guy the well, uncle was a bad guy well and the reason being for that portrayal in the movie is because you know everyone's doing crimes but the fixer his crimes are perhaps a little more lethal it's unclear, but he's but he's, a lot more noble. I mean, he was very, because yeah, he's helping because his people. He cares about his niece. Yeah, and the reason the dad is a bad guy isn't because of his criminal enterprises. It's because he's not a good family man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like the the uh, the fixer Walken has a heel turn because he decides he's going to look after his niece's interest. With a gun on his hip. Yes. Instead of her father's interests with a gun on his hip. Exactly. Same level of, right. of lethality. Right. But you get into the psychology of like, where is the line mm -hmm. on the criminal that we love mm -hmm. in this movie? Right? Mm -hmm. And it is, it, there, there is this like, the loyalty aspect of it uh, comes into play. Honor among thieves. Right. Honor among hitmen. <laughs> right. Um, although the ultimate villains wind up being the kind of slightly higher up in the car thief ring. Mm -hmm. um, because they're the ones asking for the money. And yeah. who end up being the the three levels deep actual hostage holders. Right. And they actually take uh, M hostage. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like, it's absolutely unacceptable to take people hostage because you've spent the entire movie with um, Vincent Who's, being like, I don't want you as a hostage. Stop being my hostage. Would you please go away? Yes, exactly. He's like, I only held you hostage in the first place because I was just trying to wrap my head around things. I needed some time. Like, you just scared me. I didn't know what to do. I don't want you as a hostage. You've seen my face now. Like, I'm going to drive you far away. And the fact that she's seen his face and that wasn't automatically dead. Exactly. Right? Yes. He was just like... I need some space to run. Yeah, he's like, just give me some time to get away. Like, you have this, like, kind of centering the nobility of thieves around the doesn't hurt him mm -hmm. like that's almost where they orient you to like 
that's an honorable thief is one that doesn't want to harm this one person Mm -hmm. who is obscenely wealthy. Well, and also um, not operating from a normal frame of mind. (laughs) Yeah. She's on something else the entire time. And that's just who she is. Yeah. Like she lit the school library. She did arson for fun and then framed the newspaper article. Yeah. And put it on her mantle. Like, she's a character. Yes. She is. Yeah. And her crimes are really self-centered. Yes. It's it's, it's emotion-based. Like, she, doesn't, like, she and, doesn't need the million dollars. And she doesn't entirely even code as a criminal in this, sh- in this show. Because who's she conning? Family. Uh-huh. She's not doing it to strangers. She's trying to but get her dad. But she has a history of being a criminal. Yeah, but the mo- and, and not a good kind, not a no, noble no, no. criminal, not at all. Arson's not cool, y'all. <laughs> of a school. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it kind of got me thinking too, like the idea of the folk hero criminal. It's such a classic um tale. I mean, going way way back and specifically with the idea of like the story of Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the American folk hero criminal and compare it to the Robin Hood story, mm-hmm. there are some big gaps. It's usually for their own gain. Exclusively for their own gain. And especially with, with like a Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. uh, they were indiscriminately murdering people. Yeah, if, if you're... There were no moral boundaries of Bonnie and Clyde. The, the, uh, the body count. Yeah. Well, and, and there's also a lot of mythologizing. Is that how the word is pronounced? It is now. I'll go with it. Mythicalizing. Mythicalizing. <laughs> Mything. Mythi- there's a lot of mything. Even like, like crime is interesting to people, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, when we think of true crime, I think that the general thing that comes to your mind now is serial killers right right and not like white collar is well like fraud is white collar but like actual grand theft auto is is blue collar crime (laughs) if one were to categorize it that way yeah um but well they it's white collar crime and crime yeah yeah like there's white collar crime and crime you go to jail for Mm mm-hmm yeah. That's so, that's where the dividing line is. Yes. So, but like we even mythologize the murderous ones where it's where there's no profit involved. Um but it's sort of seen as a separate genre, too. Yeah, and and but like, it does like, like but the idea of the criminal in service of the people, mm-hmm. where the folk hero criminal stories originated. Well, and that's different than the wo- lone wolf, right? Like but, oceans, kind of. Yeah. But we don't see the criminal in service to the people as often. Or like, okay, I'm maybe I'm missing something. Do you know of an One example? One of my favorite TV shows. Okay leverage oh okay and very specific like one of the the through lines or taglines or even is like sometimes you need a bad guy to be a good guy because like all of the characters in leverage like 
did crimes like bad things to people irregardless of who those people were like one of them has a body count 100 percent, right yeah yeah but have turned it around and now they're using those skills on corporations yeah you know like turned robin hood okay yeah yeah but um the Robin Hood story is still a little bit more few and far between. And it's like we forget the social aspect of the hero criminal mm-hmm. and just like, wow, I'm impressed. That's a lot of crime. The swagger. <laughs> like, uh, if only I were so bold. Read, if only I had no empathy or ability to function in society. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. But like you know, there is there is something. There there's still there there's just this kernel of something that these are criminals you can romanticize and these are criminals to not romanticize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really follow much other than and I just I think it's sex appeal. The swagger. More than that. The charisma. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, that's why I said cult of personality before. Like, it's bec- it's not just any random person. It's someone who's cool doing it. Is Yeah. I mean, which is why I think maybe Ted Bundy gets more attention than, say, BTK. Yeah. Right? But, the, like, the mythos around Ted Bundy has built that up, too. Uh-huh. And it's so much around the good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Good-looking guy. Like... The idea of Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, is way more charismatic and and sex sexy than actual Ted Bundy. Absolutely, yeah, no, but but that's where that mm-hmm. that American folk hero mm-hmm. criminal comes into play. Yeah, um, maybe it is sex appeal. I, well, I'm not, and, I'm not and, really sure. Though. And part of the difference with BTK too is he was a little transgressive gender wise, and Ted Ted Bundy less so because didn't BTK, or maybe I'm thinking of some other serial killer. I don't even know what concept you're getting at. Like cross-dressing. Oh. Like, was that BTK? Did a little cross-dressing too? I don't think so. Well. I I do think some of, like, the sex appeal also comes up with serial serial killers. It does. And uh, I, I like... It, it, and, and this is almost like it's maybe even still a half-baked idea for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is a big part of our cultural landscape in the United States. And it's not entirely well-defined. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our movie studios and our other media production uh, companies and whatnot uh, are, are feeding us the idea of sexy criminal equaling hero criminal mm-hmm. instead of like the Robin Hood character that was held as the hero criminal mm-hmm. for centuries before this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. But also... Uh, I Well, I also understand the bootlegger as hero. Well, that's because it was a silly law. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Funny to me that drug dealers are not afforded the same kind of hero work. No, they're not. And that's because a lot of race comes up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Criminal mm-hmm. criminal worship is really complicated in this country. Yes, it is. Holy moly. Yep. Race 
is oh. a big reason why the drug dealer is not as mythologized. Myth- idolized? Idolized. That's what you're looking for? In film. Oh. Like uh, Walter White. Right? Yeah. White guy. Yeah. I don't know. Johnny Depp was pretty hot and blue. White guy. Yeah. Those are the ones that are put on a pedestal. Scarface? Yeah, Italian American. Like that like but okay. like that's Okay, yeah, we're getting back into bootleggers because bootleggers a word that that drums up mafia connections. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh. But like like you think of a drug- And the, and it does. It's it, like bootlegger. There are mm-hmm. racial attachments to that word that you don't even notice. Mm-hmm. Oh. But drug dealer has racial attachments too. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very similar to u- the use of like the word thug. Yep. <gasps> That's why you're not seeing a lot of glorified. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we like, you know, this movie was scratching something. Like I could feel the well, like, everybody's criminals here. Why do I sympathize with some of them and not others? Well, right. And even if and, we and just thinking about that, like. Why do we sympathize with some criminals and not others, yeah. right? And even if we hadn't nailed the concept down to the degree we have right now, it's still a bad movie just on its surface. <laughs> oh, well. Still qualifies. It can bleh. be fun and bad and enjoyable. Like, it's okay to like bad things, Amy. I didn't hate it. It didn't infuriate me. It was yeah. just like, this isn't scratching my itch. No, you, well, and you were laughing pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, there you were, were there were parts, funny parts yeah. of it, but it, like not worth adding to to my internal roster right yeah 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 i get that no i definitely got that this was like a teen movie for me yeah and it wasn't made to be a teen movie no it was not (laughs) um so but there is there's a lot to the idea of of criminal and film ah and you know what's funny is that part of the reason why i really liked this movie was because the love interest was already ticking a lot of boxes for the type of man I was attracted no to. No way. What a shock. Right? I had no, like, I would never have put that together. Right. You might know that. I'm talking to this, these people <laughs> I over know. here. I'm being, in, I'm in being incredibly yeah. <laughs> sarcastic. Yes. But, um, like, like an I, age difference? Th- this is definitely not, like, this movie isn't, like, why i have specific no criteria no but it, it just fit that specific criteria which made these criminals particularly appealing to me it was scratching some itches exactly exactly i could see why you liked it yeah yeah it was like oh yeah this is an amy movie yes and also maybe under different circumstances i could have been into this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay well, now I'm just really um, fun to talk about. It is, and and now I really want to like. Can we do a crime month, like a hero ooh, hero ooh, criminal month? Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's because some... I think we I think there are hero uh, there are hero criminal archetypes that we've touched on in this episode mm-hmm. that need to be delved into deeper. So and and like with the sim- synthetic synthetic sympathetic. I speak English fluently, <laughs> y'all. On occasion, I got. <laughs> uh, Are you trying to say law degree? 
a, a grad grad school graduate doctorate i got a doctorate y'all <laughs> i know words good okay get off my spine portion okay <laughs> um there, there's a particular movie i'm thinking of that is a bank heist movie uh-huh where it's 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 portraying the white hat, bad hat, back and forth, but the ones you're really rooting for are the black hats. Uh-huh. I can't remember the name, but I would like to sit down and watch it with you. I think it could be really good. So. Okay. Well, I think I think we're just going to work on putting this on the books because I want to delve deeper into the love affair mm-hmm. with the criminal mind. Well, and, cr- uh, and crime American movies culture. are fun. They are. They're not going to be a slog to get through. No, they're not. Oh, we, we could do... Um, thinking of bootleggers. Oh, Untouchables. Yeah, yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. And I hate Kevin Costner. Oh yeah, the remake. Hate Kevin Costner. All right. Well, let's 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 get let's get to work on this. But in the meantime, ratings. Do you have an Ubrick for me? Yes. Um. What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what about you amy that ubrick was quite a ride it was a ride the movie was a ride (laughs) i I don't know that i like this movie yikes (laughs) that was a little too enthusiastic almost like i'm a little concerned that i was watching it with you now like was i accidentally like consent okay (laughs) Consent, Amy. <laughs> was I part of something I didn't know I was part of? <laughs> anyway, wanted to remind you that we're professionals. Don't watch these at home. <laughs>